Well, I wanted to talk this morning about being teachable. And uh, I've been uh, dealing with this myself a little bit. I think, you know, probably um, a lot of times when people, when ministers get up, they're sharing things that they've been dealing with themselves and things that God has been working on them. Um, so I want to ask this question, are you willing to learn? Are you willing to learn? And, uh, you know, this, this question is for the kids. Kids, you ready? Are you willing to learn what ice cream tastes like? Okay, maybe that's not just for kids. Are you willing to learn what it's like to ride a roller coaster? Are you willing to watch YouTube? See, this is... So, there's some things that obviously we are willing to to learn. But... There may be some things that are less exciting on our senses and maybe our mind may be in opposition to, like learning what biblical character is and uh, learning about wisdom. Now, wisdom is like quintessentially important to being a Christian. It really is. Without it, you get lost. You know, the road leads to destruction if you don't have that wisdom going on. And the Bible tells us that the wise man learns by listening. So I want to talk about this this morning, about being teachable. So willingness to learn is is part of the definition of the word teachable. And I think I've got that up there. Teachable means capable of being instructed as a person, docile, capable of being taught as a subject, apt or ready, and willing to learn. And um, we need to be students who are capable of being instructed, capable of being taught, subject to the authority that's teaching to us, and ready to learn, ready to learn. And, um, you know, I've got kids, and sometimes they're ready to learn, and sometimes they're not. You know, amen? And uh, we also deal with a lot of parents and other adults in the church, and sometimes they're here, and sometimes they're not. So if someone's not teachable, then they're not willing to learn, not willing to learn. You ever been in a conversation with someone, and the whole time they're like, I know, I know. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there. Yep. And you're like, okay, this person doesn't need anything I have to say to them. So I want to encourage you this morning to be teachable, to be willing to learn. Now, over the last 15 years of working with teenagers, I've learned the difference between someone who's teachable and unteachable. And um, students who are actively listening are completely different than those who are not. Now, it's amazing to me how students, they'll, they'll be sitting there and the second you start to talk, something on the wall becomes 
infinitely more important than anything else that's going on in life. It's, it's amazing to me how they just start staring off like this, and you're like, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> they don't listen. They're not listening. And, uh, you know, this word, teachable, this word teachable is so important in life. The last part of the word, subject, the, the definition there, as a subject, subject, are you subject to authority? Are you subject? Is someone your leader? Pardon me for a minute, I'm listening. Kind of the punchline of this message is, is listening to the Holy Spirit. So that's what I'm doing right now. Before I was a, a minister of the gospel, I was a video editor. And um, I didn't know anything about computers or video editing or software, except a couple of PC games I played as a teenager. And uh, I was out painting curbs at Mark Barkley Ministries in Midland. And um, the pastor's son drove up, and at the time I was unemployed. I had been laid off, so I was just serving at the church. He drove up, and he said, hey, uh, do you need a job? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. And he says, do you know how to edit videos? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he says, well, I, I need someone to do it. So I said, okay, I'll try try it out, and they hired me, just right like that, and I went into this dark room and sat down at this $50,000 editing computer, because the, the person who was editing their television broadcast had left and um, was no longer doing it, and uh, there was nobody there to train me, <laughs> and I... <laughs> Talk about being in a tough spot. He says, you've got two weeks <laughs> to create your first television program. I don't know why I'm tearing up right now. This is not that, it's not that emotional, but it's not in my notes this morning. But anyway, um, so I, I sat down and started working and started listening, and I prayed. I guess I'm jumping to my first verse now. <laughs> James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask your generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He's a good father, isn't he? Amen. So I'm sitting in this room, and God taught me how to use this elaborate, nonlinear editing system. And uh, I'm telling you what, it was, 
it was a crazy trip. It was a roller coaster, but he walked me through it, and I was, I learned how to edit videos, and it became a career for me. I, it became a full-time gig, and I was there, at the, worked in the ministry for several years, and uh, then after that, I worked at another company editing videos. So one of the things that I've always been taught is to pass on the knowledge and the skills that you've been given. So um, I love I love to teach young people specifically how to do some of the things that God has, has blessed me with, and if they're willing to learn. So um, I'll, I'll, you know, a young man, um, I've, I've had several young men that I've taught how to do video editing, and the cool thing is, is like, a lot of them are actually doing it as a career now. They, went, they ended up going to school for it, or um, they won awards, or they, they got a job at a company because they knew how to do some of these skills. It was pretty cool. It was something that the Holy Spirit taught me how to do. Um, you know, this is before YouTube. This was before, um, you know, online tutorials. And, you know, the, book, the manual for this thing was like this times four. And I'm not that excited about reading most of the time. Um, so there's been several young men I've actually I've taught how to video edit. And um, while I was working at Mar- 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 Barkley Ministries on staff there, there was a young man who was coming to church. And um, this young man, he was just getting out of high school, and he had way too much time on his hands, and he was getting into a lot of trouble. He was dealing with a lot of stuff. And um, he just was kind of lost. He was from Everett, Michigan, so his parents commuted about as far as we did growing up. I grew up in Reed City, and we committed to Midland. And uh, so we had a few things in common, you know, as far as where we grew up. So the Holy Spirit says, take this guy in. Take him under your wing. See if there's something you can do with him. So he was one of the first people I taught how to edit video. So I, I called him up and I said, hey, do you want to spend some time together? And we got coffee and um, I started showing some things to him. And he ended up being teachable, which I was really surprised about, honestly. And um, I had an extra computer and he took it home and he started working. And a year later, he was getting so good that he got my job. <laughs> I was able to replace myself with him so I could go on to another position. It was really cool what God did. God was opening the door for that. He just told me, pull this kid under your, under your wing. You know what's really cool? Two years later, he married Dr. Barkley's granddaughter. This kid who was in a lot of trouble. Now they've got two kids together, and he's running their television department over there. He's serving God. It's pretty cool. God's good. Listening to God is so important. Being teachable to God is so important. You know, parenting can be kind of brutal. For the kids <laughs> and the parents. I don't know why it is, but I get more frustrated with my own children than with any other person on this planet. It shouldn't be that way. Anger, impatience seem to just manifest. And when you get angry, Anger steals 
from you. Anger steals. It robs you of the wisdom that God has for you, and it robs you of your creativity. When you get angry, when you get impatient. I don't think this is just for kids, by the way. I'm just, just talking about kids for a minute and parents. I've failed at this a million times. Don't nod at me, boy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I failed at this more times than I can remember, more times than I probably succeeded. But after a while, you know, you put two and two together and you see what's, what's causing the frustration and the anger to take place, and you have to make a change, right? You make a change because you love your kids. I love them. I don't ever want to be angry with them. I don't ever want to yell at them or be impatient. They got a lot of learning to do. I got some valuable things to share with them. Don't you? Yeah. God has some valuable things to share with you in his word. So what I've learned is to yield my rights to have their attention. Yield my right to have their attention. Take a deep breath and smile. You know what the smile does? Let's know you love them. It's okay. We'll try again in a minute. <laughs> Amen. So this James 1, 5 verse comes in again. If you need wisdom, ask your generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So we're in the midst of an angry moment or an impatient moment or a struggle, whether it's with kids or with someone else who you're supposed to be teaching, and you ask God for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Help me to use this creativity you put in my heart to get this young person's attention, to get this, uh, this person's attention. Isn't it cool that God doesn't ever get angry at us? We're impatient with us. Hmm. Everybody doing okay? It's family Sunday, so if the kids want to run around with their shoes off, I'm okay with that. Emily tells me I sleep like a husband, you know, I can sleep through anything. Doesn't matter what the kids are doing. Just, yep. Let's talk about the word subject. That's in our definition of the word teachable. Subject is made of two words. First part, sub, meaning under. Second part, ject, meaning to throw. So we must put ourselves under the master's authority, and throw our focus on him, on his word. Put ourselves under his authority and put our focus on him and on his word. Proverbs 8.32, if you want to turn there. You know... It's really hard sometimes to keep your focus on God. 
it seems like we want to do it for a period of time, and then we get comfortable, and we stop. Don't you think God has something important to tell you today? Are you afraid of what he's going to tell you? Proverbs 8, 32 through 36 says, Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. So in this passage, God three times says, listen, listen. It seems like Christians have a problem with listening. God's talking to his people, listen, listen to wisdom, listen to wisdom, listen to wisdom. Proverbs 12, 1 says, to learn you must love discipline. It's stupid to hate correction. Didn't know the word stupid was in the Bible, did you? Now, it's still not nice to say it to someone. Solomon. Years ago, um, Dr. Barkley shared a story about a time he went to a Kenneth Hagin meeting. Everybody's familiar with Kenneth Hagin's ministry. And um, after the meeting, Dr. Hagin had invited ministers who were there to come back to the meeting room. And it was, a, it was an honor to come back, and someone came out and asked Dr. Barclay to go to the meeting room. And so Dr. Barclay goes back to this room, and um, they're waiting for Kenneth Hagin to come out and, you know, just share with them. He's the father of the house. He's, you know, a man of God. And it was just a, a wonderful thing to be able to get close to him, something to look forward to, I imagine. And um, as the night went on, there was a young preacher there, and he wouldn't stop talking. He talked and he talked. He talked about how good things were going at his church and how, you know, God had been ministering to him, and he, he talked and, and dominated the conversation. And through the whole night, Dr. Hagen was quiet. He just sat, was quiet. And after a while, he got up to go leave and head home. And he stops by this young preacher and says, Nice listening to you. And then walked out. Now, I think it's a really important lesson to learn. That when you're around the person who has authority... That you listen. Probably the least that you can talk is better, honestly. I've been in a lot of situations where I could have been a talker, and I chose to listen, and it was amazing the wisdom that I was able to learn from authority figures in my life. I probably had 
more teachable moments in pastor's office than any of you. And I've had lots of opportunities to say, yeah, I know, or okay, dad, as a son-in-law. But you know, as the pastor, he has authority. And I am subject, I am under his authority, if I choose to be. Now, I, I am spiritually, no matter what, but if I don't choose it, then I won't be teachable. You, always, you ever wonder why some people would say, I just don't get anything out of Pastor Rick's sermons. I just don't get anything out of them. I already knew that anyway. Are you under authority? Are you subject? Children, are you under the authority of your parents? You know, growing up, I was homeschooled, and uh, I had three siblings. It was four of us, a family of six, and um, so I was homeschooled kindergarten through 12th grade, and I was a terrible student because, not because I was stupid, there's that word again, because I wasn't willing to be subject to my mother. Now, if I could go back and change this, I would. Okay, what is done is done, and um, thank God there's been a lot of restoration between me and my mom, and we are, we are great friends, and she is an amazing person. All my other siblings, they turned out great. My older brother is like a genius, and uh, he was reading like 300-page novels when he was 12, 10 maybe, I don't know, he was smart. My, my younger brother is a financial guru. My sister is an amazing artist. And, uh, man, they turned out really good. But there was a difference in, in their approach that, than me. And that was being subject to authority. And that wasn't all the time. I, you know, I, was, I was obedient some of the time. <laughs> but just take a little word from me that you should be under your parents' authority. And if you choose to be under their authority, if you put yourself under their authority, you can learn from them. You can learn from them. You should be learning from them. You should be. So let's jump even another step out. We've got being under pastor's authority, being under other authority figures in your life, being under your parents. What about Jesus Christ? What about the Holy Spirit? Are you submitted to him? Are you subject to God? Is he your master? When the Holy Spirit talks, do you listen? Or are you constantly jabbering at him? Are you listening to God? Are you teachable? to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You know, like I said, I've been in lots of teachable moments in pastor's office, and um, there's been reproof and correction and instruction. But I'm still here. Why is that? 
why is it that I'm still here? Is it because I'm married to his daughter and he can't get rid of me? <laughs> Believe me, he doesn't, I don't have to be an employee here. I could go somewhere else. No, it's because I'm submitted to his authority. And when he brings correction or instruction or reproof or whatever training I need, rebuke, there's been moments, I have a choice. I have a choice if I am going to receive that with joy and choose to be wise. Proverbs 13.1 says, A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Proverbs 15.31 and 32 says, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. I want to be at home among the wise. Don't you? Nobody wants to be called a fool. Even if they are one. Those who disregard or reject discipline despise or harm themselves. But the one who heeds correction gains understanding. We've got to be ready. I like that last line there on the, on the definition. You got it, Chris? Back to the, the main page, the teachable page. There we go. Apt, ready, willing to learn. Got to be ready and willing to learn from the Holy Spirit. Ready and willing to learn from the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to Proverbs 8. 32 through 36 again. I'm going to read this one more time. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Be blessed. Oh, no. For blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. And all those who hate me love death. So God's commanding us to watch and wait and search for him. These are all action words. Watch and wait and search. He instructs us to do this daily. He wants to teach us every day. And our job is to watch daily for those teachable moments with God. Watch daily at my gates, he says. It's not about keeping an outlook for Christ's return, but it's about looking for an opportunity to learn from God. He then promises, whoever finds me finds life, implying that you need to search for him. Watching and waiting and listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit is so important. You guys want to hear one more story? The other day I was driving back from Midland, um, my kids and I took three of my kids over to visit all of our teens at Invasion. And uh, they were at the Invasion Youth Conference. And um, so we're on our way back, and there's, it's about 100 degrees outside. You guys probably remember that day. It was hot. Um, and there was this young man walking down the road. 
and my wife and I kind of have an understanding that I don't pick up anybody when I have kids in the car. It's like a safety thing, right? You know, your kids are more important than being hospitable to God knows who they are. And um, so I'm driving past, and there's this young man walking down the side of the road. And I only got a glimpse of him, but right at that moment, the Holy Spirit says, turn around and pick him up. I'm like, well, hold on a second there, God, because I got my kids in the back seat. Don't you know that they're really important? I don't want them, you know, any harm to come to them whatsoever. God just reassured me, it's going to be okay. I can turn around and go pick him up. So I went and picked him up, and um, I, w- I stopped on the side of the road. and said, hey, uh, do you need a ride? It's really hot out here. He says, yeah, I'd, cool, can I have a ride? And so he, he was just going up the road two miles to his girlfriend's house. And in that moment, um, I just started asking him some questions. So, hey, we're just coming from church. I'm heading home. And, you know, he says, oh, I go to a church. You know, it was like a perfect lead-in. <laughs> Just, just always be coming from church and you have something to talk about. And it seems to be my life. But um, I started asking him some questions, and it turns out that he knows God. Excuse me, he knows about God, and he believes in God, but he doesn't know God. He believes in a higher power, he says. He believes in, in God. He knows about Jesus, but he's never made that decision before. So over those two miles, which went by really fast, I was able to tell him exactly how to receive Christ and exactly how important that was for him. And I didn't get a chance to pray with him because we pulled in and he jumped out, but I was able to sow a seed in that moment. How hard was that to listen and obey in that moment? could have very easily kept driving because, like I said, Emily and I have an understanding. We don't pick up hitchhikers while we have kids in the car. Our kids are important. (laughs) You know, we're driving back and Charlotte says, was that a stranger? (laughs) Yes, it was. That was a stranger. Okay, Let let me close things out here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Somewhere along the line, you stop listening. Probably happened lots of times. Stop listening, stop being teachable. You stop being subject to him. Who knows what it was? Maybe it was a situation in life, something that interrupted you. Some kind of a circumstance, probably. Maybe it was laziness, maybe it was sin. But whatever situation in life, we're instructed here to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And to lean not on our own understanding. If you're going through a trial, you're supposed to be going through it with Jesus. Amen? Amen? I just want to encourage you today to be teachable. To constantly be a learner. You know, go to BSD this fall and allow God to teach you. Allow God to open up the eyes and ears of understanding. Chris, if you want to roll that sound... Music.
So there may be someone here today who's stopped listening, stopped reading, and stopped praying. Maybe there's not a whole lot going on in your heart, and maybe you're okay with that because there's not so much drama right now. Or maybe you're in a battle and you're fighting through some intense stuff, but I can still breathe, I'm okay. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me, Jesus, you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You serve Jesus, the overcomer. He's supposed to be with you through the battle. He's the one to walk you through the tribulation and trial. He's the one to help you overcome the hardship. You're not supposed to do it on your own. When you take his authority away and say, no, I've got this one by myself today. He can't help you. It's important to remain subject to the Lord and to use wisdom, the Word of God, to fight. Perhaps you're distracted and you've stopped seeking and listening to God because of other things in life. And through that process, you probably become disinterested disinterested in what God has to offer. Picking up your Bible is a chore and, and reading it, there, it seems to be dry. I thought this was supposed to be a living word. We have to be under his authority, submitted to him. And if we pray for wisdom, he will give it to you generously and not condemn you for it. He will not tell you that there's something wrong with you asking. Because good fathers give gifts to their children. He's not going to rebuke you for asking Go ahead and bow your heads with me. In a moment, I'm going to pray over you. And um, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Because He's already doing it. If you want to hear from God, if you want to be submitted to Him, subject to Him, if you want to find life in his word. If you want to be a learner, a listener, teachable to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you today. You know, this message I've been preaching isn't just for you. It's for me. 
There's been some unteachable moments the last couple of months in my life. I haven't been humble enough. I haven't feared God enough. I've allowed wisdom to escape and leak out of my life. And through it, there's been some pain. There's been some destruction. Today, I want to be subject to the Lord. I want to be teachable. I want to hear from Him, from the Holy Spirit, so He can live in me and move and speak and give me an adventure in life. Reveal His plan one piece at a time. If your heart is stirred today to make a change, to turn things over to Jesus again, to say, Father, I'm in need of wisdom. Help me, Lord. And I want to pray with you now. So bow your hearts, bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I praise you for being the author of truth. And I thank you for your initiative to love us first. Please help us humbly pursue wisdom and learning for your glory and to serve others. Lead us by your spirit to pursue growth and avoid things that hinder it. Help us, Lord. And help us, Lord God. Open our eyes to the life that's in your words. Help us receive correction and grow wise by learning from it. Weed out the foolish and selfish tendencies in our hearts. Help us, Lord God, to rely on you through every situation. To not grow numb. To not sit still. To not plateau. To keep our eyes on the great teacher, Jesus. Now repeat this after me. Say, Lord, forgive me for taking my focus off of you. Help me, Jesus, to follow you. Open my eyes, open my ears to your voice. Help me to learn from the life in your word. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. I will listen. I will obey. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God, somebody.